Hey guys, this is Kevin and Aisha Shelton with the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Where we navigate partnership, prosperity, and parenthood. Hey guys, this is the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. I'm Kevin Shelton. Uh, this is Tyrone McDaniel. That's what I was saying. So. No, I mean, typically it's Aisha, but Aisha ain't here. Okay. So this is going to be a guys only conversation today. And we're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. So we'll, we'll decide the name of this. We'll name this later. <laughs> Depending on what happens. Depending on what happens. But no, so um, I would say to continue our conversation, but maybe we should do some introduction. So Introduce yourself to the people. Tell them how you got started in real estate. I like good job. Sure. Tara McDaniel from Fifth Ward here in Houston, Texas. Got started in real estate working in a uh, mortgage office, actually, answering the phone. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever heard your story. Wow. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's how I got started, though. A friend of mine was an account rep for a uh, subprime lender. And um, he was like, man, we got to start a mortgage company. At the time, I didn't even know what a mortgage company was. And so uh, the lead into that was he's like, cool, let me get you a job with one of the brokers. So, you know, you can kind of learn and so on and so forth. So basically I was glorified secretary because hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. How long you know ago I mean? was that? Dude, uh, that was around 1999. Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's coming crazy. up on 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's over 20 years. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, 1999. That's true. <laughs> that's 22 years. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's wild. All right. Continue. Continue. Okay. (laughs) So no, that was how I got started, man. And, um, you know, just some serendipitous things happened as, you know, as life progressed. So you and your wife were together? No, at this time we weren't. No. Okay. Gotcha. 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 This is before I, before she and I had met my wife's name is Angela. Um, so before we met, um, that's what I was doing kind of transitioning into the space. She already had a real estate license. She was an engineer. She had a real estate license. Yeah. So she was already in it. Right. You know, on the engineering, real estate, license side. Right. Met you. Y'all just both kind of fell into it together or went forward together? Yeah, well, so she was like, you know, many people who are part-time. You know, you have a license. You got a friend. You might sell a house here or there. Do a couple of transactions. Yeah, yeah maybe keep it one based. or two a year or something like that. And so once we got together and my buddy and I started this mortgage venture, um, over time, as we started, you know, dating, Ultimately got engaged, got married, uh, which was a relatively short period of time, but in probably that two year time span. So, say, you know, roughly going into 2000, between 2000 and 2002, you know, we, all of those things kind of developed. So, my buddy and I set up a mortgage company called the Mortgage Outlet over our 59 at Hillcroft. And, you know, that was my initial uh, entry into the space. So, how did you get into development from, from the mortgage side? So, back to why even wanted to do the mortgage company with my buddy, it was, I've always wanted to be in real estate. I didn't, at that time, I didn't know what a developer was or what a mortgage broker, loan officer, or realtor were, but I just knew I wanted to own houses. I wanted to build some. Um, even further back, um, I, one of my sisters has a Habitat home. So when hmm. I was in the like seventh grade, I volunteered and helped build her house and some of her neighbor's homes over in Fifth Ward. So there is was that some, where you were first exposed to it, though? That was well, that was uh, <clears throat> intimately. Yes. Um, my mom earlier in life, when I was about in the second or third grade, was going to have a house built on a vacant lot over in City Gas. And so I watched her go through that whole process and ultimately couldn't get the financing mm-hmm. and never did it. So we ultimately moved to our house that we moved in that I grew up in at Fifth Ward. 
Um, so that was my first time I can remember specifically asking questions about real estate because she showed us the picture of the plans that, that were mm -hmm. to go on a lot. And we had cleared it off and did some other stuff. So that was the first time uh, oh, officially. So, okay. Kind of introduction from your mom. Sure. Sister had a house built. Right. Jump forward. Now I'm a broker. Game. Angela and I. And so pretty much, you know, so I saw, I said, hey, my epiphany was if I can understand financing, I can buy, build, or sell anything I want. That's true. And so I spent, you know, probably several years just being a mortgage broker, doing loans and, under, and just understanding how that piece of the puzzle works. We flipped some houses, bought some rentals, did some things of uh, that nature. But my whole premise was to get to being able to be a builder and a developer because I felt like at that stage you understand everything. You're controlling the exactly. entire process. Exactly. You're at the top of the food chain to yep. a certain degree. And so, you know, uh that led to us doing our first project and the first new construction project I did was in 2005, 2006. So you started with new construction. You didn't do rehab? No, no, no. I did rehabs up until that point, but it took me that amount of time to get to doing my first new construction project. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So how did you get the bug for design and to, to give to give uh i guess context right sure. so now you do right. everything from right. design build advising consulting right. your wife has you know her own right. brokerage all that good jazz so sure. y'all have the full gambit but okay. to get to that point you put right. together all the pieces so right. okay we got to mortgage side understanding the financing your wife already had her real estate license sure understood the engineering side of that to a degree right. and then Okay, you jump doing projects now. <laughs> right. Now you did your first new construction. Right. Now bring in the design piece. Sure. And so from a design perspective, one of the things is I also at earlier in my career got my real estate license. Mm. Um, and so I took out clients, sold houses, did listings for a period of time, which my wife had always recommended I do that way early in my career. It's one of the biggest mistakes I made is not doing that, not paying attention to her advice, doing that sooner. She used to give me, hey, forget loans. Let's focus on the real estate side. And I was like, no, nah, I like, you know, there was a certain ego part that you was the loan, the money guy. You Look, know? I, at, at the time, though, loans would make cash. Oh, well, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was like big money. Yeah, it was. But, you know, there were still, at least on the real estate side, you were going to get 3% for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, even though loans were more lucrative, um, you, there were plenty of loans we did where we didn't get 3% or 2%. Yeah. We did 1%, you know, so... Uh, it would have been more lucrative financially, but it also would have allowed us to grow further to what we wanted to do ultimately anyway faster. But when I worked with um, as an agent, I would pay attention to what people really want. I've always, even to this day, I, you know, my wife has a certain type of client. She'll say, hey, this is what they want. And I'll go on the MLS and find it. Mm. Um, even with some of the agents that are within our network. I do, do that, that too. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I just developed an acute ability to, Hear, hear what it is you desire and have some level of understanding of what's in the marketplace mm -hmm. and where we can find that. And you can see it before other people otherwise would be able to see it. Exactly. You can see the potential in something exactly. because you know what, exactly. what goes into and it. And one of the areas or one of the things I always share with people that are asking about real estate, I say, go master an area. Take the time to master an area. Being from Houston and focusing in an area where I'm from it, will I have historical context? Yep. So I know what you it was like. You can put everything around. Exactly. Yeah. So now it's so that's an, a strategic advantage. A lot of times we go away from strengths or advantages, or we try to have a shortcut. No, just find an area you can master it, and now you can see it from all the different facets. So that's what's helped me from a design perspective. And then I kind of take that knowledge and I feed upon it. So I, I, I've studied design. I used to want to be an architect, so I studied 
I, now I say study. It was my own studies. I didn't go to college or anything to study, but I studied some of the, you know, contemporaries and. But I mean, you've been doing this for twenty years. That is sure. a that's more than a college education. <laughs> Most certainly, right? Like Most certainly. the things that you've learned practically, right? You wouldn't learn in school anyway. Like, nah. you know, a, nah. a general superintendent I used to work for when I first got into commercial construction. He told me. Them books don't teach you shit. <laughs> he was like, you don't know nothing until you get in this field. I remember learning to read blueprints. College don't teach you to read blueprints. Wow, that's fascinating. It doesn't. Like, uh, now they right. have some version of blueprint classes. Right. But when I was in school, right. it wasn't a thing. Exactly. I learned how to read blueprints because my general superintendent locked me in a plan room mm. for three months. Wow. And made me study every single part of those drawings. Every note, every line. And these are right. commercial drawings. Oh, so, so these are like racks yeah. of drawings, right? And he's like, every right. trade, like every specialty, every wow. note, every line, read them. Wow. And blueprint reading is literally just reading. Right. It's just a lot of reading right. and yeah. technical and expertise. Right, and understanding what it is. Most certainly. Most certainly. No, that's powerful. So no, I mean, so now you come full gambit. So right. what are you focusing on now? And then we'll jump into some sure, fun sure. topics. Man, um, so, you know, as is with life, you continue to evolve. So right now, um, we're obviously growing. I'm growing more of my design build firm um, because I'm wanting to, in order to have a greater impact, you've got to kind of scale and leverage how mm -hmm. you're going to engage. And so design allows me to impact projects without me having to manage it. My managing projects isn't my strong suit. That's not what I consider to be one of my unique geniuses. Design is and recognizing what's not there that can be there is where more of my genius is. And so I'm really building up that side of our business um, and leveraging that. And I'm excited about some of the projects that I'm, I'm kind of dedicated that, you know, going forward, I'm going to do some bigger projects just because it allows scale. I like smaller projects because I can just spend so much time on these cute, neat little details. Mm -hmm. But, um, my mission in terms of things I really want to accomplish in life require me having a bigger impact. And so I have to do bigger projects in order to be able to do that. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's a natural progression, right? Like exactly. you start off small, then you get bigger, then you, you realize what you're capable of <laughs> right. and you go even bigger. So right. break down, you know, from, from, I guess where you were company wise, cause you've done a great job of branding your company. Right. So, Give the audience a little bit of background on on your companies, how they sure. how they've evolved into the Most different certainly. facets. So, um, after having done several types of real estate, you know, in terms of how I bought, you know, we just buy anywhere in the city that was a good deal, you know. And once I turned forty, one of the things that I learned from reading a book uh, or an excerpt of an article, and it talked about how most men begin to be make their greatest impact in life once they turn forty. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you read Think and Grow Rich, he calls it the transmutation of sexual desires. Basically, you're not as wild uh, as you used to be. And so now you start to take that energy and channel it more. And you're more in tune with who you are as a person because you live longer. I don't know if I want to lose that. Look, <laughs> well, he didn't say you lose the desire. Well, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, I want the sex too. Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm saying. He didn't say, you know, <laughs> you're not going to perform. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, ooh. you know, it's just you don't, you know, it's more, you know, and you, it's, it's more about the pursuits and how you choose to channel okay, that energy. Gotcha. You're not channeling it chasing the lady. Exactly. Which, you know, I've been married since I was 20. Wow. Which you've been married yeah, since you were 20. Right. Uh, so yeah, for me, 
I always knew that marriage was the stable foundation for building wealth, right? right. So I studied history and great men were always married young. Well, certainly. Because well, the certainly. only way you get to those silver and gold years right. is to get married young or else you well, ain't going to goddamn long, right? Well, so, certainly. you know, I was like, well, how do I get to that 75? How do I get to the point where, you know, I've been building this foundation That's for beautiful. 40 years. Right. So I got married at 20. Now the problem is right. who I married at 20 <laughs> and who I was right. didn't work, <laughs> right? So while I'm an advocate for marriage, right. I'm not an advocate for somebody at 20 because you don't really know yourself, right? Exactly. I didn't know myself fully. I definitely didn't know my partner. Right. And while I had a plan for my life, right. she had a plan for her life too. And exactly. we both became what we planned. Right. Those two things were just completely I separate. So beautiful. we're strangers in the middle of the road now. Right. Even though we share a 13 year old. Most certainly. Most you know certainly. what I mean? So. You know we, what's. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, well, no, no, no. no. The, the thought that I think about on that, because you talked about, you know, what were some of the things that you studied and what uh, in terms of that let you say, OK, I need to do this at this particular stage. Sometimes there are things that we want in advance of knowing how to maintain those things. Mm. You follow me? And so uh, I have different areas in my life where I wanted something and we had the ability to make it happen. But once you make it happen, are you able to maintain that? And a lot of that ability to maintain has to do with where you are in life, which goes to the other point of not recommending someone marry so early because you don't even know who you are, let alone can you appreciate who your spouse may be. You know what I mean? But that's another thing they say about being 42. They say most most wealthy people don't get their money till 40 because that's when you know how to keep almost certainly right most so certainly. yeah you could make a billion dollars in right. 20 but will last till 40. Most certainly. you most know certainly. what i mean so and how do you measure wealth that's true you know because one of the things that i found in, in my own personal journey through life is the the people that i know that were wealthiest it wasn't necessarily tied to a dollar amount in terms of what i would want mm -hmm. to emulate from what they had now they were obviously money wasn't an issue mm -hmm. But to me, going back to some of the tenants that I think we both hold is, you know, they had a loving relationship with their family. Yep. They had friendly, a great relationships with friends that, you know, that they were able to nurture over years, you know, not just, okay, we met three years ago. Yep. No, this is my boy when you, you know, could enjoy 30 years ago. That exactly. long term relationship. That to me as well. Yep, you know what true. I mean? And, and it's embodiment. And so um, going back to, you know, I, so you got married at 20, I got married at 25. Um, and um yeah it's been fun now the the difference in that is you know a couple of things so you got married at 25 you still married right i got married at 20 i got remarried at 30. gotcha right okay. now that second marriage right. is the reason we on this podcast exactly no right? well, certainly because that was a much clearer version of myself right she was you know my wife's right. three years older than me so right. she knew very well what she wanted in her life but i'll say this though getting married at 20, the opportunities that I had, not because of my marriage, but mm -hmm. because I was married, mm -hmm. right, well, was amazing. Right. So I built an amazing career, especially professionally before we started entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. because I had the responsibilities of a family right. and somebody could look at me and go, hey, he's got a kid, oh, yeah. he's got a wife, nah. let me give him a chance. You're stable. Exactly. Whereas, so it still right. worked. Exactly. The foundation of stability still worked. Almost certainly. And see, there were lessons that you learned during that oh, period that, you know what I mean? Now, let's juxtapose that to me. So when you were 22, you're married with that foundation. Me, on the other hand, I'm out here freestyling. Yeah. 
And so from that 20 to 25, I lived probably two lifetimes. <laughs> that makes <laughs> all sense. kind of just crap from here to there. Do you wake up, you're back here. Do you yeah, wake up, you're back there. Sense. Here, which leads to your other point of the the, uh, the longevity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one thing to make some money. It's how long can you keep it, maintain it, grow it, so on and so forth. And now that y'all been, you know, almost 20 years in this thing, right? like y'all y'all built the wealth life, right? right. Cause it's not just the money part of that. Exactly. It's the the loving Everything relationship, else, the certainly. children, the being able to spend time with each other to exactly. do what you both love. Cause exactly. you know, one of the things that I really admire about you guys is y'all been working together for a long time. Right, most certainly. Right, and still work hand in hand. Right. And everybody <laughs> asks us all the time, how do y'all work together every day? Right. It's like, well, <laughs> right. I really like my wife. Exactly. Well, will you really like your wife? Right. You really like exactly. your wife. Like no, when I exactly. see y'all, well, even when we call y'all right. and you jump on the phone, be like, right. hey, yeah, yeah. Like well, y'all together. Well, and well, that's certainly. really what we what we aspire to do is well, certainly. we want to have a business and a marriage. Exactly. Right. Exactly. We don't we don't need the reality show. We don't nah. need the whatever. Right. We just want to exactly. have a really great business and right. a really great marriage and family. Great friends to enjoy with. Mm. Exactly. You know so. what I mean? That's, you know, and it's it hasn't come without trials, without mm. numerous mistakes, without uh, our just looking at each other and say, okay, <laughs> are we really going to do this forever? Okay, yeah, we is. We tripping and then we get, you know, we get beyond it. But, um, you know, a, a great marriage and a great life is something that you're, you're just going to build through this process we call life. So it's not a straight line. It's a journey that has some rear. Sometimes you're going to U-turn, circle back, go up, then, you know, go down. But to me, all of those experiences, those U-turns, as well as the advances, all kind of, they're like the seasoning to life, if you will. So how has, you know, if you follow life together well, and then the real estate market, which oh, has gone right. <laughs> like crazy in the last 20 years. Right. Essentially, through those periods, through those ups and downs of the market, did that did that mirror your relationship? Were there periods where y'all up up and sure. the market was up, periods where y'all sure. down down and the market was down? Sure. Or how did that how did that affect y'all? Because sure. y'all are both in real estate. Or, most certainly. Or when did y'all go full time? When you uh, were already in it. Right. Yeah. So I pretty much yeah, she was probably very, not long after. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, she, as a you know, great paying engineering job, you know, they have a certain level of um they want a certain amount of your intellectual. They restrict your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it's hard to see me. You know, sleep. You know, I'm I'm getting to the office at nine. You leave it at seven thirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it creates that animosity. Yeah. <laughs> we see that in a lot of couples oh, too. Please, yeah. Because like we quit our jobs at the same time. Same okay. Day. Okay. Wow. We had to. Okay. Um, and I didn't want to. Really? That, okay. No, I love my job. Like, I've done construction my entire adult life. Right. That's so beautiful. literally. I worked a series of jobs that I liked before I was 18, 18. I went to college. I wanted to build, own, and operate hotels. I started mm. working at a hotel. I managed that hotel. I learned I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to manage the hotel, <laughs> right, but I still right. love the building. Right. Kept the building part. Wow, okay. Started building buildings, got into construction. I've been doing construction mm. every day right. since then. So for me, I'm it. I'm enjoying every day. Every right. day I wake up, I right. love it. It okay. don't matter if I'm building a building, if I'm building a house, if I'm building a pond, if I'm building a dollhouse. I'm building. It's, I'm building. Go, I love it. Right. Um, she, on the other hand, had a 15 year long career in early childhood. Oh, wow. So gotcha. her thing was completely, yeah, you know, different. Out. And she at the office every day. Right. So she see me. Now I'm in California. I'm on flights. I'm, I'm, right. and even when she met right. me, I'm on a job site, right. you know, whatever. But right. I ain't really. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. I have more time, more right. flexibility. Yeah. So that animosity of oh, yeah. you free, I'm not free is a real thing. Very real. So I, I fully understand. Very that. real. So very she real. left the job because yeah, like, you hey. can't be asleep on the couch. But you know what was funny? And back then, it was funny is I think one of the, the, the catalysts was so we go to the dinner parties, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the you know, all the coworkers. And so I was in real estate. So, you know, I'd be having a real estate conversations with other spouses and it's lively and fun. Now all the nerds on the other end of the table talking algorithms and, you know, DSP protocols and all the stuff that make these things work. And, you know, that's only the two or three people who or, you know, they they that's all they talk about. Everybody yeah. else won't talk real estate. And we had that maybe two, like maybe like at a Thanksgiving party and a Christmas party. And so maybe the next year she's like, you know, when I really think about like at the last two times, I wanted to be over there with y'all, but I'm over here talking oh. about, you know. Mm. And I was like, We're young, we don't have any kids, like you ain't got nothing yeah, to lose. Like, what? Come and on. so yeah, I was her a cheerleader on that point saying, hey, because I'm the risk taker. Yeah. You know, she's the one. You're the igniter. She was the stabilizer. You know, exactly. And she probably still is. Because you do certainly. way more risky yeah, stuff than she does. She's certainly. selling them houses. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we going to keep this thing here. <laughs> you know, bounce off the walls. And she makes sure stuff. the mortgage is exactly. set. Like, exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. and everything in order. You know, paperwork is, you put paperwork in my hands, it goes to die. Hey, that's so, all right. I'm exactly. Same way. <laughs> right. Look, but they yeah. put the resource around exactly. us because they make us better. It's a gear. You know what I mean? So you got to get those gears working synergistically, but most certainly. So you egged her on. She quit the job. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm out of here. And so going to your question of the ebbs and flows of the market, um, no. It, our Maybe in one period um, where the market was kind of down, and so that, in addition to other things, kind of was one of those down periods. But in the other two times where there's been even a marginal or transitional market, like one of the biggest times I lost money, I lost money after the crash had happened. So it wasn't oh, a crash. Man. It was residual effects and other stuff that caused me to lose money or not be problem in that case. So our relationship was never really tied to what was going on financial. for the most part. Yeah, financial. I mean, obviously, your money will impact the romance. No, for sure. <laughs> finances impact the romance yeah. for sure. And when there's no finances, ain't no romance. Nothing kill sex drive like throwing a bill in the bed. Do you throw a bill in the bed? Ain't no sex happening. It's yet. out of there. You know what I mean? No. So, you know, but um, so, yeah, most of our challenges just happen to have happen at the time they happen. And, um, you know, we dealt with them accordingly. No, I mean, but kudos to y'all because y'all been rocking. Y'all been rocking this thing, man. Hey, man, you know, it's important to marry the right person. And y'all still like love, love. Yeah. I love seeing like black love, most black certainly. love, like right. folks who into right. each other. Because for me, I'm like, yeah, right. Because right. I like my wife. Right, exactly. And I like being around brothers that like their wives. Because I know a lot of brothers who right. don't like their wives. And who ain't really, like, you You know you got that friend group of, like, married folks who ain't right, trying man, to be nah, married. Nah, hey, man, that's like, so funny. So I'm really trying yeah. to spend my time with the folks who right, trying to be man. married. Because well, I'm trying to be married. Hey, yeah, exactly. Hey, baby, me and Kevin meeting, you know, she she's thinking twice. You Look, because I, I, got, I got a whole, I got cousins and stuff. I remember on our wedding, like, the week before our wedding, my cousin was like, Yo, man, let's fly to Brazil <laughs> and get some chicks. I'm like, brother, I'm about to be married. And he like, man. but them chicks in Brazil, though. I'm like, right, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, yo, you know, I'm understand what I'm trying to do. Nah. The phrase you said was, "I like my wife." Mm -hmm. Now, it's two reasons why I'm laughing hysterically when you said that. Number one, think about how often you hear brothers say that. And to me, I don't hear it enough. 
Uh, like where God said, in fact, man, hey, let, yes, you love, you know, but yeah. Love saying, is I, different than yeah, life. Exactly. Well, most certainly. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a distinction there, yeah. right? But I like her. Mm -hmm. Like who she is. How she, you know, like like speaks to a different type of affinity. Yeah. So that's the first reason that's funny. Second reason that's funny because you talk about different friend and peer groups we may be in. And I'll never forget uh, there being some, uh, this group and, and they were planning a, man, a fellas trip. Which, hey, I take fellas trip all the time. Mm -hmm. And so then we, I thought, okay, cool, yeah. So, you know, they started describing, and they were talking about the previous ones they took, and it was funny. Like, oh, okay, all right. And it was me and another brother that both, like you could see on the yeah. people whose yeah. face, who was kind of excited, who wasn't. And so after we walked out of the room, he was like, first, his first words I was about, man, I ain't going, I like my wife. <laughs> Look, though. And that became our joke. Every time we see each other, hey, man, I like my wife. Yeah, I like mine. Because it's a different energy. Most when certainly. you like your wife, yeah, most certainly. You, you're looking for more opportunities to grow your relationship, not run away from it. Mm, that's right. I like that. Looking so, for opportunities you know, I'm, most certainly. I'm thinking about, it's funny because, um, and this is secret to the podcast. Y'all don't, gotcha. don't know this. Y'all don't know this. But, my wife turns 40 in two years. Wow. Okay. So I'm planning her a 40th oh, birthday. So, party, so, right. So, so I'm like going through stuff. I'm like, mm -hmm. how can I make this 40th party dope? Word. That's two years from now. Right. You got to really like right. your wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plan two years from Word. now. Word. So I'm looking at our life and, and we were talking about it this week because I'm a I'm a planner right. by, by nature. Gotcha. Right. That's the project manager right. in me. I'm, I'm like, so I'm like, look. I can book a dope venue. I can mm -hmm. put that bitch on a payment right now and right. I can make sure it's paid off by Word. the time we had a party. Everything Word. will be paid for. Because I also am going, I know me and money. So <laughs> right. she manages me. Right, right. Because that's her strength. Exactly. But Same I plan. Right. That's my strength. Right. So I say, okay, this is what the payment is going to be Word. spread out over 24 months. Word. So we can have $15,000 right. party. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. Spread out over 24 months, it ain't yeah. shit. So yeah. I'm like, okay, that's... That's yeah. the play. But that's a lot of light. Cause oh, there's a lot, a lot of ups light. and downs. Yeah, nah, nah. In that, sure. you know. For sure. Six hundred plus yeah. seven hundred days. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Seven hundred thirty days before you get to that party. Where? So I'm like, hey, yo. So question then, when you meet a a, a, a new um person uh, that's looking to get married and you give them your one or two nuggets of advice, what are, what is that? That's a good question. Um I always, we always tell people to surround yourself with folks who want to be married. Like they might, like, like right. their husband, right? Because <laughs> your peer group right. directly affects your relationship. If you got a bunch of folks in your ear going, nah, man, don't right, do yeah. that or don't do that. He tripping, he tripping. I right. always tell men, you want to serve your wife because that's the, like, I'm a sacrificial leader, mm, right? Okay. And my goal is to move all the obstacles out of the way for my family. That's right. Beautiful. So if my family good, right. I'm good. I wear right. the same jeans every day, right. literally, yeah. bar none. Same jeans every day. I wear right. a different t-shirt. Right. Exactly. The same yeah. damn jeans exactly. every day. Exactly. As long as my family right. got it, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I could yeah. have a billion dollars. I could have zero dollars. Right. As long as my family got what Sorry. they need, I'm generally straight. So I lay down mm -hmm. that sacrifice for my for my family, That's for beautiful. my wife specifically. Right. I serve her. Okay. And that's a good way to be because you'll always be chasing right. your wife. Mm. So I'm I'm always mm. chasing. Always I'm chasing. always chasing. That's mm. that's what keeps like the that. life. I like right? that. Yeah. Because I'm like, damn, my wife look good. She'd be right. mad at me on the podcast. Right. Like, yeah. yo. <laughs> and she'd be like, <laughs> right. we on the podcast. Right. I'm like, right. but I like you. Though. Right. Yeah. yeah. So 
that she get mad. It, she ain't really mad. <laughs> no, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah, no. that keeps it right. always right. the scales stay balanced in your marriages. Most certainly. Because most men certainly. got options. Oh, most certainly. Right? And the second you open that doorway, it's yeah. like, you know, a faucet of blood, man. You can't turn it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't so close it. the best thing I do is stay my black ass at home. Right. I'm always in the right place. Right. Right. Mm. I'm always with my family. I'm with right. my kids. You same way. Right. You know, right. I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But right. I wake up every day and decide who I want to be. So mm. second piece to that is, and, and this isn't specific to young married couples. This mm. is really just what I tell men. Sure. You get to decide every day what kind of man you want to be. Right. So the type of man that I've become is choice. I right, modeled choice. myself after six right. men in my life. Right. My father on his personality and what not to do. Right. And a lot of the best aspects of his personality. And I left sure. all the bad stuff. Right. Right. And I have five uncles. Wow. And That's those beautiful. five uncles, I modeled myself after. So one of my uncles was super attentive father. He was at present at every game. He, mm. you know. You know, another one wow. of my uncles, he cooks, he's Jamaican, he right, yeah. he was super in tune spiritually, he had <laughs> right. himself together. Word. Another one of my uncles was mad strong. He yeah. always was like the superhero of the family. Another one man. can figure out anything, he put it all together. Another one was literally had the corporate life in check. Wow. So I modeled myself after the best parts of these men wow. to create who I wanted to be. And I grew into that person. And that was the same man I was trying to be at 20. Right. Almost so certainly. I became Every right. day by making those decisions. Wow. Well, one. So if you want to be married, or if you want to be whatever kind of man you want to be, if you right. want to be a great father, if you want whatever, wake up and make that intentional decision every, every day. day. Every day. That's good. I mean, it's the same way That's building good. a house. It's the same way Almost doing certainly. anything. Yeah. It's just a series of decisions. It's a series of steps. Exactly. Right. Like I, if I know, okay, I'm a frameless house. I need windows. Right, I need exactly. doors. So I got to make those decisions before exactly. I order the windows and the doors. Can't wake up the day of. No, you can't. You can't go to the store and just get. Them. You no, could, no. but you're gonna be changing yeah, sizes. No. It's gonna mess up your plan. So right. you gotta plan it out. You gotta plan out your life the same way, right. intentionally, right? right? So that's good that. advice, man. That's good advice. That's what about you? First thing I say is learn how to communicate with your spouse. That's a good one. And I'm I'm not great at communication, so that's probably why I did. <laughs> well, that's not true. You are great at communication. Not with my wife, though. Well, yeah, that's okay, right. It, within certain circumstances, it gets more difficult. And, but that's because of that layers we add to the communication. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so a lot of times, you know, we use our language as projectiles or that, missiles. That's true. You know what I mean? It's meant to detonate upon contact. Now, look where I come from. <laughs> I'm a shit talker. I I talk shit. Right. You look, know what I mean? My whole family yeah. talk shit. Off the rip, though? I, look. Right. Horrible mouth. Really? Just like, off, off and I'm a fighter by right. nature. Oh. So I, I went to Yates. I went right. to, like, from elementary school to, girl, to high school. I'm going to hug with Kim Folk next Ooh. time I see her. See, hey, look, fired here's, off. Right. here's the funny thing about it, though. Right. I ain't even, like... I ain't even really gonna do nothing. I just want to piss you right, off. Right? Yeah, yeah. I got, I got to touch you. Say this is that. I, I just touch need to make you because my yeah. wife is like, she's unaffected. Right. You know, so she's, that's me. Yeah. She's like, her birthday's in January, so right. she's like, oh, okay. Right. Well, I gotta say enough stuff right, to yeah. make you feel. See, yeah, you gotta, you wanna rise. Oh, I gotta, I gotta piss see you something. Off. Yeah. Man, I pissed off bad one time. She ran into the garage. She was pissed. So I'm. Now, see, but me, I'm the done. opposite. I, I, see, I'm not going to, I'm going to go in my shell. I'm not going to, see, one, you're not, you can't argue with me. So. When's your birthday? September. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm not going to argue with you. So that's off top, number one. That would be infuriating. Yeah, and so I'm going to go on my rock. That's what we call it. Okay, he in his rock now. He in his shell. We're going to wait till he come out. And depending on how bad you piss me off, I might be in there some days. You know oh, man. So, yeah. That's <laughs> a tenth you know, house right yeah, there. Yeah. And yeah that, I mean. When you so be in your shell, do you sleep in the bed? Or do you go to like guess yeah, who? It would depend. <laughs> and you can hold that. Yeah, but you know that's so childish, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But again, you know we all have our character flaws. Oh, for and that sure. Was definitely something that I had. That's to what makes it exciting, it. though. Exactly. Oh, I mean that's you know uh, if well, let me say it like this: in a when people that have that seemingly have nothing, like their life is even keel, go out and create trauma oh, and drama good. because of the monotony of life, mm-hmm. right? That so to sense. your point, you know. See, it's like this. Um, it's like a plane. A plane can only ascend to the degree that it's gone through turbulence and the wind and the pressure and so on. It's not like the sky just open up and say plane fly. It doesn't work like yeah, that. It's actually it's counterintuitive how it works. No. And that's how our relationships are. Like the beauty of our 20 years, in essence, has a lot to do with the challenges we've had to overcome. Huh. You follow that's me? That's a good perspective. And, I like that. And that see, again, I call it the seasoning. You know, it's kind of like the seasoning it's like gave gumbo. you the longevity. Yeah, it's gumbo. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, so one of the things that... Shout out to Alyssa <laughs> with the gumbo book. Okay, movie. cool. So, like, we have one son, but we've had six uh, pregnancies. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, that, like, that is something that kind of rattles you to the core because I grew up in a large family. So, mm. having a large family was major for me. And that's dramatic to you go know, through um, that many challenges. Yeah, not, yeah, like, not one, I'm saying, literally. Yeah. You know, and so, like, literally where you see the child come out and then they don't make it. So... Yeah. So to me, that was a galvanizing force for our marriage mm. is the loss that we experience. You know what I mean? And then fortunately we do have a son. His name is Caleb. He's 15 years old. So, and even the process with having him wasn't a breeze. He was born at 25 weeks and weighed one pound and like six ounces. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like literally this phone was larger than he was like, literally, like, like literally he's no, like this size in my hand. It's funny. My <laughs> older brother was just as small. Really? And he had to have open heart surgery. Wow. Like, a month and a half after he was born. Yeah. And yeah. he was around the same time. I think it was 23 weeks. Oh, okay. Texas Children's, when yeah. he was born, um, one of my dad's clients from River Oaks, cost, it cost $250,000 to be born. My, wow. my family had no insurance, nothing. One of my dad's clients was, you know, one of the owners of Memorial Hermann or whatever. Right. And he, he donated all this money. That's beautiful. And washed out the bill. He said, wow. that baby don't have no bill. Now, the messed up part about that is <laughs> I'm the second baby. <laughs> so, yeah, that first baby got right. all that. And they still coddle right. his ass to this right. day. Now, me, right I had to here. get it out the right. mud because they're like, yeah. oh, he fit your right. head. My ass was in a trash pail over here. Hey, what do you feed, my boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't have no dramatic entry. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, like man, I don't care when he was born. Show me some love. Look, you know yeah. look, I used to punch him in the back of his scar. He has a big scar on his back, and I, I tell you, it's so crazy. My brother's the same size as me, really? but across the whole top shoulder of his back is yeah. a huge scar really? that he's had since he was baby from wow. the heart surgery because they had that's to go crazy. through his back to operate on his heart. Man, that's true. And I used to punch shit out that scar. <laughs> well, we used to fight. I want that bitch to bust open. Look. He said, no, I'm getting my revenge. I'm exacting my revenge Look, straight up. I'm going to mm, get some straightening up in there. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to have a trauma episode. 
for that. Right. Yeah, well, we're going to burn all the, you know. But yes, that was a galvanizing force. Man, yeah. it was. It was a galvanizing force. And so that and just, you know, again, other trials of life. But I think that was the pivotal thing for us because that happened early in our marriage. Mm. And so that was something that caused us to align ourselves and focus on one another versus the other trivial stuff you can focus on. Like your arguments aren't even arguments when you lost a child again. Yeah, like, yeah. what are we tripping on? Let's go take a vacation. It's, it's you know. funny how all the things that you would think would be so are those heels that you're choosing to down. If right. something happens and I've had this happen several exactly. times in my life <laughs> and my family, like you be beefing and then right. you get a call that somebody died right. and you immediately stop the beef. Right. Well then how crucial was the beef? Right. It wasn't. It's exactly. just like, exactly. And it's funny. I told my wife, I said, look, this is where I'm at now from an argument standpoint. I love to argue, right. but this is where I'm at. I was like, we ain't getting a divorce. Right. So I'd be mad. Right, yeah. But we ain't getting a divorce. Yeah. Hey, we, so, that's we, said, we ain't going nowhere. Like, so what are we gonna do? Look, man, yeah. like, I'm pissed. <laughs> right. You offended me. Right. That hurts my right. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But we gotta record this podcast. Right. We gotta go. We work together every day. Right. So I gotta we see don't you. have the choice. Yeah. I gotta do this inspection report. Straight up. Like, I don't have the ability right. to walk away yeah, no, exactly. and be mad. Yeah. Like, look. Yeah, so let me go and fire these two off right quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, let's deal with it and be done. Let's have sex. Let's go right. to sleep. That's it. Make me feel say, better. Baby, right. Give me sex. Exactly. I will feel right. better. And we'll go to sleep. That's it. Look, we are in similar, bro. No, I'm just saying, like, look, right. that's no, the soothing bomb for most men. SS, sex and sleep, straight up, we good. Like, and we then good. tomorrow I'll, yeah. I'll be on something too. Because <laughs> right. I like I'll you. I'll like, I really like you. I'll as well, straight up. That's funny, man. That's funny. <laughs> I say sex and sleep. No. I look. Right. It's funny. Hey, we talking marriage and real estate. That's you true. That's, that's real life. So, you know, so it's funny. It. In me and Aisha's relationship, our galvanizing force was betrayal. Mm. So in her previous relationship and in my previous relationship, we both got cheated on. Okay. So our marriage is our safe space. Gotcha. Ooh, so wow. literally, wow. she knows she can trust me because mm. I don't want to feel like I felt. Right. And I know wow. I can trust her because betrayal, she doesn't want right. to feel like she felt. Right. So that betrayal. So y'all retreat to one another. Exactly. Mm, that's so cute. we know we can trust each other. So we have mm. infinite trust. There's no secrets, no nothing. Right. Like she know the code on your phone. Right? I, I, yeah. don't even, right. I don't even do the phone thing. Right. Like, yeah. like literally, right. take this. Actually, and I'll tell you something funny. This is her phone. Oh, so <laughs> I bought her right. a new phone. Okay, uh, a couple of months ago, or not even a couple of months, maybe like a month ago, I got her a new phone. Gotcha. And when I ordered the phone, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Phone came in, boom. So now it's time for me to get a new phone. So I got the new Pro Max or whatever, and it was mm, gold okay. and white. What, when Samsung, I was that? Uh, iPhone. Oh, okay. So when I opened my new phone, it was way too pretty for me. Oh. <laughs> it was gold and white yeah, and mad you. nice. So yeah. I called her up. I said, let's switch phones because you deserve this really nice, pretty gold phone. Right, I right. do construction. He's getting brownie points. Yo. I don't need no damn. Right. I, no, I do construction. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, come on, bro. Yeah, you know. I don't need no yeah. phone. I'm a, look. look. I'm on an eight. So this you know got I a know. selfie case on it. Who phone you think right. it is? This ain't my phone. Like, so we switched phones Come yesterday. Word. She had a selfie case. Hey, it's tight. My girl got a selfie case. Okay. But you know, the thing about it is, I love her enough to sacrifice. Almost certainly. So she exactly. need the best yeah, phone. She need, she need the best, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. Because that's for her. Most certainly. I'm good if she's straight. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. you know, but that in our 
the theme of our relationship is that safe space. The theme of our relationship is as long as we can trust, as long as there's no enemy within, mm-hmm. nobody without. Mm, that's beautiful. Like, yeah. that, that ain't <laughs> even us. No that's old within. school. Like, yeah. I forget what that proverb, but I think it's an African proverb. But really? That, what did it say? Um, if there's no enemy within, mm-hmm. then no enemy outside can right. attack. So yeah, whatever. Nah, so that's beautiful. I like that. Oh, man, that's our safe I, space. I can appreciate that. Yeah, this is gonna be. This is this is great, man. I'm excited to watch this uh, myself. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> some good marriage tips we discussed. I think it'll help a lot of people, though. No, for sure. And we didn't get into all the cool shit yeah. <laughs> nah. that you do. Like we ain't talk about none of the like. <laughs> maybe this is more important, maybe. That's true. You maybe, know? maybe. No, no, no. That's true. That's true. And we we well over time, but oh, no. we already over time. No, okay. I mean we can go as long as you okay, want. Yeah, as long no. as you got time, we can run it. I look. Okay, I thought yeah. No, I'm tripping. So typically we do a thirty minute podcast. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, so we over time then. The reason we started thirty minutes is because pulling my wife to do like oh, yeah. an hour <laughs> was a feat. Right. So we like we gonna make this short and sweet because right. you know it's like a house party. She yeah. the second the house party up, she go all right, y'all. Yeah. Hey, I don't know where y'all going. Right. Woo! Exactly. This was yeah. a good she time. Shut off just like that. Mm-hmm. Ain't no lagging around. No meeting after the meeting. None of that. So one of the things that I, I definitely want to at least talk touch okay. on this before sure. we left development in urban areas. So you know we both build you know in urban environments. One of the things that, of course, across America. Housing is an issue. Right. Across, especially urban cities, blighted neighborhoods, overlooked neighborhoods is an issue. So what's your opinion on the future of housing in urban areas? Right. And then maybe let's let's keep it local to like Houston or whatever. Sure. And and what you think the future of the city looks like? So, you know, I think um, I mean, the future for housing is bright, you know, um, in part because of the challenges that it is facing. You know, uh, we have an affordable housing crisis, which nationally, depending on Hughes' numbers, seven million and nine million home shortfall. Um, the cool thing is, I think Houston is really progressive. We've had for years many small developers that have been building in some of our inner city areas, and now you have the big box hub builders moving into areas like Sunnyside and some of our other neighborhoods. They on the outskirts. They ain't coming deep, deep. You see them deep, deep, bro. Like around our properties. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, you look at like a Castle Rock. Well, maybe. yeah, I'm saying that's a big box tree. Okay, no, we no, names, but yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Not that dude. Like what? Uh, you know they, I'll, they have a different model. Sure, but they're but they're also in in big communities and that's that true. Nature. So that's true. My point, like, like to me, it's about being assessing. I have this a theory I call follow the smart money. It's a reason why builders like that are coming. Mm, that's real. Areas. That's real. And the reason why I highlight that in the context of this conversation is because there's so many of people like us that are from that aren't from the area. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, we're going to be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But you weren't paying attention when these guys initially came in and started mm-hmm. making roads. And so I always like to highlight those type of things, because one of the opportunities for more people from these areas is it's not too late. That's true. So many people think it's too late. And he, I learned this from Mr. Hodges, a gentleman from Fifth Ward that's uh, over 80 years old, has a really nice portfolio, always been in real estate. One of the things he told me is when he first got started, there were several of him and his friends. And he said, you know, by the time they had reached their 60s, 50s and 60s, he had been the only one that was doing it in real estate. And they had long go checked out. And I say, what made, what was the difference? Like, why did your guys, because y'all are making money. And he said, young blood, they didn't want to buy at the new price. He changed my life when he told me that, Kevin, because he said, look, 
It was a piece of land he had just sold for 400000 He said, okay, you as a buyer, in order for you to get it today, you would have had to pay me four hundred grand." I was like you. I would have paid four hundred grand. All my buddies were mad because they didn't buy it when it was 200000 Mm. So because they didn't buy it at 200000 they're going to not buy it at 400000 when they didn't connect the dots that when you could have bought it at two hundred, there was a reason why you could have bought it at two hundred. Mm-hmm. It's not four hundred today just because the mm-hmm. person just want more money. There's more value now. The That's area true. is different. I was buying in Fifth Ward when the hard money lenders, all the ones that we could name Wouldn't right even now, find like, oh, no, it. We, no, we don't land over there. Oh, too. Oh, no. It's a war zone. Yeah, yeah. It's the bloody nickel dick. Have you heard? No, nah, bro, I grew up there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember when I was building for Chase and the, the branch, the branch in uh, South Union was my branch, right? Right, right. down OST and Scott. Right. And I'm having an argument with the executives on a real estate team at Chase because they're telling me how, and we closed the branch further down Cullen. And they're telling me about how it's a war zone. Right. And now it's so bad. I said, I grew up here. Right. Right. No. No. Like, I know the branch manager. Like, no, it's not a war zone. Right. Exactly. Is it a undeveloped area? Most sure. But is it the worst place in the world? No. No. Like, bro. People live here. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know. And so, you know, so back to the point. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities. So I'm very optimistic because I see one of the things that's become cool over the last zero to say two and a half to three years is buyback to block initiatives like that. And just more people paying attention to what's happening. Gentrification is a hot button. So now you have more people that historically probably wouldn't have been real estate investors or even thought of it. Now the activism part of it now piques their interest and causes them to want to be more active in the area. So I see this and so many other converging factors happening that cause me to be excited. Um, and then I think that we're in a stage now, I materials are really, really expensive. I think we've just had that tipping point like we had with all commodities mm-hmm. where there's a spike in them, that uh, historic spike, unlike anything. And but this is going to set the new, new high. Yep. Yeah, it's going to set the new high. So which is something you and I have talked about, which is why when you said it, it was funny. It's my same sentiments exactly is that, no, we didn't stop building. We actually are kind of pressing forward and, and being more optimistic. And All the way through it is yeah. through. Because I recognize that there are even big box and smaller builders and, and other individuals at different levels that have started to kind of slow down or repivot and, and shift for whatever reasons they have. But I recognize something different in the market. So, uh, so yeah, man. If anything, Kevin, one of my biggest regrets is that probably over eight, twelve, over the last twelve to eighteen months, I hadn't been more aggressive. Mm. Um, you know, I'd kind of been going not necessarily foot on the brake and the gas simultaneously, but I kept my foot kind of because I've seen previous cycles and the market's been good so long. You're just been waiting on a shoe to drop. You know what I mean? And so for me, at least that was part of my thing. And so um, really, when I look at Jane, well. From March to June or July, we had unprecedented opportunity. And now looking back, I'm like, dude. Uh, you know what's funny? So in 2019, I was hyper. I mean, you knew me in 2019. Right, right, right. Exactly. I was hyper aggressive and got my ass handed to me. Right. And now that everything that I envisioned is happening. Right. Right. Um, the funny thing about it is, and I have my moments, but sure. the funny thing about it is, I see even more opportunity ahead, but not necessarily that I need to be necessarily more aggressive. Right. Just be consistent. Right. Because 
over time, the consistency is dollar cost average. Exactly. Like there literally my consistency exactly. will win. It, it's funny that you talked about um, the, the, I forget the gentleman's name. They Mr. Gave Hodges. You, Mr. Hodges gave you the advice of they didn't right. want to buy the new price. Right. I think about neighborhoods like River Oaks, which is going through its own gentrification, right? right? So right. you're looking at homes <laughs> built in the 50s and the right. 60s right. that now people are tearing down literally and you know paying a million dollars for something. They're scraping it, right. building a you know a mega mansion exactly. or whatever, six seven million dollar crib. And that's a thing too, right? right? So that's gentrification in the same way. Exactly. Um, and the funny thing is. Those builders in River Oaks ain't coming crying about shit. Nothing. They ain't coming to say, man, look, oh, you can't buy a teardown for right. a million no more. You can't. No. They right. find a way to press through. Right. And, well, you know, I always tell my wife this and she don't watch movies. So it's like it okay, falls yeah, on yeah. deaf ears. But the movie 300, when he's right. like, our arrows will block right. out the sun. He's like, <laughs> right. then we're going to fight in the shade. Exactly. The sun's getting blocked. We fighting in the right. shade. Exactly. But I'm fighting though. Right. I'm still swinging. You know, I told somebody when we got into real estate, I said, I'm going to be in real estate. Right. So where you going to find me, you going to find me in real right. estate. Exactly. Like 10 years from now, I'm going to be in real estate. The Man. same way I've been in construction 10 exactly. toes down for 15 years. Exactly. I'm here, right? Exactly. So the reality of the situation <laughs> is. I'm going to be in real estate. I, exactly. Because people, they they wave, you know what I mean? Right. With the with the market, with the whatever, everybody we get a lot of investors right. every day. People right. like, oh yeah, man, I'm about to go invest. I'm about to do right. this. I'm about to do that. They lose a couple grand and right. then they'd be like, I'm going to go do something else. I'm a forex right. or whatever. <laughs> like they're picking up whatever's hot. Exactly. So whenever people come to me like, hey, you want to learn about this new opportunity? I said, right. no, I'm going to learn about this real estate right. opportunity exactly. because this is what I do. Exactly. Right. We do real estate. That's it. We used to tell couples that all the time that we sat down with. They'd be like, oh, well, what are you looking at in five years or where you going to be going in six years? I was like, I'm gonna do real estate. Right. Exactly. This is my job. Right. Now, will I have other investments? Sure. Will I diversify? Definitely. Right. Do I have money in other things? Of course. Right. But I do real estate. Exactly. I got into this to do real estate. Right. Like, like I dreamed about this. Like, like going back to the every season. day. Exactly. Like literally, I wrote down. Okay. You know, I call this thing. What is your ideal day? Like my 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 ideal day when I was in 1994. I could show you the journal. Where I wrote down, okay, this is what I want my ideal day to look like. And I revised it a few years later. When I look at my life and how I set up, when I, I wake up by default, there was a time when me and my wife geared our life to do nothing. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have the, the level of lifestyle we had minus having to do any work. So if we woke up at 10, if we woke up at 7, if we woke up at 3, 8 p.m., it didn't matter. And we lived like that for a period of time. And that was cool for that period of time because we wrote down being able to live like that. Mm -hmm. But then as you get older and you experience more, you want to have more impact, you know, at a certain period of your life, you're focused on income. Mm -hmm. And then if you really kind of listen to what I believe are inner voices we have speaking to us all the time for things that we have an affinity to, you move from in, uh, income to impact. Mm. How can you impact people, the environments I'm in? I want to, you know, impact this area, this region. And so once we start to focus on that, it was amazing how Kevin, I, w I was a person who designed my life to generally, I wake up somewhere around 9, 30, 10, but now I wake up with no alarm clock mm -hmm. at six o'clock thinking about the house and, you know, going, wanting to go look at this house, you know, and wanting to go design something. And so I, I tell that to entrepreneurs that I'm not the person that say, follow your passion or whatever the case may be, but follow your passion. No, I'm look, you know what I'm, I'm, saying? I'm living proof design of that. Design your life. Like the, the funny thing about it is, I did that inadvertently, mm -hmm. right? Right. From a very early age, from 12 years old, 
my father used to walk me in the house in River Oaks because my family's landscaped in River Oaks for 80 years. So he used to take me in the mansions and wow. go, this is real life, right? <laughs> so I'm going back to Third Ward. Exposures, everything. And I'm like, well, hold on. Right. CUNY Homes, this block. No. Right. But my daddy told me this is real life. Right. Right? Like, wow. this is real life. So I always had that dichotomy, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that. There's a chasm two here, worlds. right? It's, exactly. it's two worlds. I'm, exactly. Every day I'd walk out and I'd do wow. something different. So for me, I wake up every day. Right. You know what my dream <laughs> right. was? To build some shit. Right, exactly. And I get the pleasure of waking up every right. day and doing it. So when I'm walking on site, right. like, I've been wearing boots for 15 years. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love this shit. Right. I, I do it, man. I think about it. I dream about it. Who's I wake up and that means the most to you? What's the most impactful from, like, obviously the people who are living there, you know, getting the house. But... Whose feedback means has moves you in a different way? If that's a if that's a valid. So it's 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 not direct feedback. Now I love my kudos. Right. I'm a true millennial. Oh, I love right, right. I love my kudos. But the thing that that just I mean mm -hmm. gets me up in the morning is seeing people walk out the plan that I created. Oh, gotcha. So, gotcha. like that house we yeah. we built at yeah. Seabrook, right? Right. We yeah. sketched. I wish we would have recorded like we that should've. night or something, man. But that was literally, sweet. the fact that we can draw on a piece of paper, right, and then somebody lives in these right. spaces as we drew them, right. That's yeah. amazing to me. Nah, like I, I used to that. do that at the hospital. I would design a floor, all the way from the patient path to how somebody comes from the waiting room to the treatment wow. to this and that while we're doing construction, and I see these people. It's like wow, an ant to the yeah, ant yeah, that's beautiful. So for me, from the design to Word. whatever, I see the world in a certain way, right. and this is how I really identified my true gift. Right, my gift is vision. I see the world mm. in a certain way, and my goal is to bring that vision to life. And when I'm operating my gift, I bring everybody to help create that vision. Mm. That's me operating my highest and best use. Mm. Right, so. I have the technical skills to build it, but I've learned that along the way. That's right. not innate, right? You right. actually have to study that and learn right. that. The gift is the vision. Right. God mm -hmm. gives you that. Right. So once you have the vision, now you right. learn the things to, the you know, put vision. it all together. So coming to an Instagram post near you. No, for sure. So, <laughs> you know, for me, once I see the vision come to life, because the second I envision it, right. I'm damn near done with right. it. Right. Yeah. It's already built. <laughs> Creator's it's dilemma. Built. Yeah. Because the second I see it, right. I see it so clearly, and I know I have to do all the steps to make <laughs> right. it happen, but it's done. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. I send a letter off to God right. and say, it's already done. <laughs> right. You know, I've designed so right. many buildings and strip centers and whatever Word. and houses right. that I design on paper. And I love seeing, like when I go to Grand Park Square and see our development right. we're doing now, wow. and I was telling bankers a year ago, right. I was yeah. like, look, we're going to drive down the street and this going to be Park Street. Right. We're going to... Yeah. We're gonna have both sides of the street or whatever. So to see that come to life, yeah, and beautiful. now people walk up and go, Oh shit. Right, yeah. Y'all wow. building a community. Over here in the hood, like, man. Yeah. And there was nothing right. there. You know, right. when I was building yeah. that house on Ward, wow. there was no new houses right. in that community in over exactly. 20 years. Wow. When I built that house in uh in Sugar Valley, right. 25 years. No new home. Wow. Right. So yeah, it takes a lot to do it. Yeah. But to see the impact of it's that. It's nothing like it. It's nothing, nothing like, like it. And you got to think about it. Everything that we live in every day is somebody's thoughts. Somebody's dream. Exactly. Somebody's creation. From Most the roads we drive on to the clothes we wear on. Your, yeah. your shirt is your thought. Right, exactly. Right? This Most shirt is my thought. Exactly. It's Most an certainly. idea brought to reality, mm. right? These phones, this table, these right. mics, 
Somebody envisioned that and yeah. then brought it to life. And now it's something that we use every day. Wow. Same thing with a house. So when I envision a house, I'm thinking about the family that's going to live their entire lives in the house. Mm. The children that right. are going to be exactly. So I everybody, that myself. everybody always asks me, why do you do this? Or why do you put all this extra stuff in your house? Or why you right. whatever? But I'm thinking about how you live in it. Exactly. Right? Like in Grand Park Square, I added four feet to the garage. Mm. Why? Right. Because I knew, okay, we're building townhomes down this whole street. There's right. going to be no street parking. Right. If I don't give extra space for the people who drive trucks like me or exactly. whatever in their garage, right. where are they going to park? Right. Where, you get where do you store park? your coolers at? Exactly. Your 12-pack, you, you know what I mean? Where exactly. does that go? So then I also moved my doorbells from in front of the front door to on the side of the garage. Why? Because I know you're going to have a, a steel door here next oh, to your gotcha. walkway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So where's your ring camera going to go? Right. Gotcha. People ain't going to make it to your front door. Right. And you, right. nobody's going to get through this gate and come to your front door. Right. They're going to come from the garage. Exactly. So you need something where somebody's exactly. on the side of the garage. But all that forethought is right. I'm walking through it in my yeah. mind. It's already right. So it's that's already the here. feedback. Man, that's beautiful. When I see people actually living in it in the way that it was intended to be used. Right. That's the gift. Yeah. That's when I'm like, oh, Lord, I know I'm operating in my right. Place. Yeah. Right. And it's funny, I wanted to touch on one point that you talked about waking up without an alarm clock and just how you're so motivated to see the transition in my wife from when she worked her job that she she got a master's degree in right. and worked in, you know, an industry yeah. for 13 years. Subject matter expert. Right. And yeah. you couldn't beg her to get to the office on time. You know, she's supposed to be at work at nine. It's eight fifty five. She's like, oh, Lord. Right. And. She was a director. She was in right. charge. You know what right. I mean? But she wasn't passionate about right. it. And she was passionate about it for a degree or right. to a degree. Right. But it wasn't her motivation. Right. I can't get her to put her goddamn computer down right. now. Wow, we fight beautiful. now. Right, really. Because she's working on it. She, she, she and she just, out. she love it. Right. And she's like, man, I, I'm doing Word. this. But it's the impact. Right. She's so much more impactful now. Right. So she she go to sleep late and wake up early right. working for herself. Yeah. I told her the other day. Invigorated. I said, the office that we paid for, right. you work at more than the office that they paid you. <laughs> right. Wow. That don't make no sense. Right. How you they, pay for this office. Right. Your ass won't yeah, leave. In there, right. They paid you. You wouldn't even go. Nah. So nah. the reason why I asked you that question about the feedback, because one of the things I found, especially uh one, I agree and have those same feelings about everything you share. But when I, I buy a lot of houses that look literally like this. Mm -hmm. So I buy teardown houses. So that's probably half of our business. Uh, and sometimes a little bit more than half because I like to be kind of leveraged or hedged in a certain way. Um, but one of the things that's most impactful to me are the people that are from the neighborhood mm -hmm. that saw the house how it was. Because, see, the person that's buying it or, or renting it now, they can't, they don't have no real no concept. Yeah, no, they have no concept of what it looked like. So it's always fascinating to me when I talk to the neighbor. I'm in front of one of the properties that, you know, we just pulled it out of the dirt and that's, you know, two feet above grade. And it, you know, all this other stuff has happened. And, you know, one of the old schools or one of the, you know, um seniors in the neighborhood come say, Baby, and they tell you the whole story. Though. Man, and some of them stories, deep, I'll yeah. be there, you know, I didn't miss an hour. I mean, I it's like, be somewhere it's like that Seabrook house. That Seabrook house, that guy died 20 years ago. Wow. And when that house was built, he worked for GE, such right. such work for this and that. It was a street of progress. Wow. It was a street of promise. Wow. So now it's a street of desolation. Right. So the neighbor who had been there that was for 65 years. That was a house that had, what, a thousand tires? It had 222 tires in it. Wow. And... The lady told me the story. She had been there 65 years in her house. Wow. 
65 years. They were one of the first families to move on that street. Really? And her husband and her, you know, her husband had a good job and such and such work for here, such and wow. such work down here. And she could tell you the whole story about the black promise that mm. was on that street. And it's, it's sad right? because we don't find that pride to uh. come back like that. And I, I love your passion for old houses. For me, and it's just not sure. the the struggle is the profitability of yeah. it, right? Because it's oh, it's hard to make them dollars turn yeah. with oh, as certainly. much as I want to put in the house. Exactly. Because to make a house right, right, yeah. it take a lot. You know, I tell people all the time. You know, we uh, we you know we have to make a lot of sacrifices. You know what I'm saying? Because, like you say, you have the budget, then you have what you really want it to look like. Yeah. Um, you know, I always tell people. I say, don't be like me. I'm a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if I say go do you one regular house so you can go do new construction and it'll be easier. That's a if good model to have. In, yeah, like because if you come in and you learn, you get your head kicked in a few times. You know, one good time with a with a renovation, you're gonna say, "Why would I do this again? Let me just build new." It's easier. That's you follow true. me? So it's truly easier. I'm weird in that. Like, here's you know, it's a place I went and looked at Wednesday, Kevin, and it's crazy. Like I asked us, I said. It's burnt house because I just designed this really amazing burnt house. So this house is burnt and the house behind it is falling. I love burnt house. Yeah. And I don't, but dude, and so I pulled up to it and I'm just having this conversation with myself because I talk to myself, right? Mm -hmm. And I answer myself. And so I said, dude, why do you, like, why are you excited about this house? Like, and man, I, you know, it's hard for me to explain, but the only thing I made an IG post about it and 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 I don't know that it explains it perfectly, but what it says is like when I see the house, I instantly see beyond it, mm. and I fall in love with what it's with the vision for what in it my mind. Yep. Regardless and of you all already the see hell, it, so now you gotta walk through. <laughs> yeah, it. it's like I gotta make it now. You gotta finish. I gotta create it. You gotta finish. like because y'all don't know what this gonna look like. So yep. you see it like this here, no, but you I'm don't understand you. what this you. is gonna become. And so I fall in love with that picture. Like I'm my own best worst salesman. Because I sell myself on on that vision of what it's going to become. A, here's a side note. For me. and I, I find myself doing very similar to that, but I also go back to what it was when it was first built. Oh, yeah, most what certainly. What the promise of that house was. Right. What the <laughs> architect envisioned when he designed it. How the families were supposed to That exact to statement. But no, we so had to do a second one. <laughs> I, I get caught up in that, and that's why my wife don't let me do renovations like that. Right. unless yeah. they, you know, Because it, you can get caught in that, right? Most like it's, it's a trap, but most no. certainly. Okay, we're gonna have to do a we're gonna have to do a a part two. We could talk all day. We could just go eat and talk. But this has been the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. I'm Kevin Shelton. Tyron McDaniel. There we go. Thanks for having me. Thank you. No problem. So give them your company names, your IG names, where they can find you, all that good job. Best uh, source find us our website, Houston Vintage Homes, and on Instagram, Houston Vintage Homes and Urban Vintage Designs, our design company. There we go. All right. Peace.